Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Nikki. And Mark. A lot of you probably know that this past Monday, Ian Freeman had his sentencing date. And in case a lot of you didn't uh, watch the news about it or anything, we just wanted to update you. Basically, what happened was it got postponed again. Everybody went, about 100 people went, and... um. It was great that there were that many supporters, so I really yeah, want to Yeah, we had think, uh, two courtrooms packed. Yep, and there was at least 40 people in the first pa- courtroom uh, based on one count, and that w- room wasn't even allowed to be packed as much as the second one. The second one had, there had to be over 100 people if there were 40 people in the first cu- yeah. uh, courtroom. I was, I was in the second room, and every single seat was filled. Then it was definitely more, because just one side of the room constituted 40 people in the main courtroom I was in. So I do want to thank the Free Staters for showing up. That was a really great showing, and I think that it definitely has to have some kind of an impact on the judge. I wonder if it is uh, common for the prosecution's uh, fanboys to sit on the right-hand side, where the prosecution generally is, and for the defense's fanboys to sit on the left-hand side, where the defense usually is. It must be, and um, I, I don't know, but that's certainly what happened. There I think were some it has seats... to be common because the that's, prosecution yeah. is there before us and they fill up that side. It's like they're just getting like anyone in. You're an intern. Just come watch the thing. So it looks we can't have that many supporters in this, which is dumb because it's not like the judge doesn't know that there's overfill room. He knew yeah. the whole the whole trial. Yeah, I don't know what um, the judge knows and what he doesn't, but uh, they're you know they the the overflow room was so full they had that we had people sitting in the jury box of the overflow mm-hmm. um, courtroom. It was full, full. Uh, I don't know. We had close to a hundred people in one room. Uh, no, uh, no point where there, there was all definitely more than a hundred people. Like if you're what you're saying is true, both sides and the jury box was full in that room, and there was forty people in one side of the other courtroom. There had to be more than a hundred people, and, and plus just the people I saw, yeah. I had to have seen more than a hundred people that day. There were also some people outside too mm-hmm. that didn't come in for whatever reason. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, so do you want to read the story that oh, you sure. have? Oh, sure. I'll read the story. Um, that way we can comment on it. It gives us uh, some foil off of which to work. It's a little hard for me to like remember every little detail that happened because it's just like well, We can give our opinions, place. but they wouldn't be in chronological order, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like it's hard for me to even understand what's going on in these court cases yeah. just because like that's not really what my area of expertise is. So I sit there half the time and I'm like, what are they talking about? It's like, made I of can, nonsense. Yeah. Like I can get the gist of what's going on like i know the verdict but i don't right it would be this would have been torture for you because there were i think three or four potentially four points that were made and there's this obscure minutiae look i i dismissed the charges but that doesn't mean that the testimony would not be have uh, been present and like there were some like very and you're like why you know, like you, you dismiss some charges, but and then he goes on to explain it. But it, you got to kind of know it's lawyers talking to lawyers and they use lawyer in uh, uh, shorthand. I'm always trying to remember that Ian's lawyers are like a few steps ahead of me. Like they're, you know, focused on what they're going to do for probably appeals more than sure. changing the outcome of the day we're on. They're already ahead yeah. of that. So. And you want the best uh, result. I mean, obviously, I'm not flying in from uh, Central America so that I oh, yeah. can see terrible things happen to my, uh, I guess you were my best friend. Nevada. We also had a listener fly in from Nevada, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. I, I don't know whether it counts whether me coming halfway across the state or it counts for me coming from Central America. But I'm not trying to outdo anybody. <laughs> Thank you for coming, uh, the uh, good, good folks from Carson City. So... Um, Sentencing delayed for NH man convicted of running unlicensed Bitcoin business. This is by Holly Raymer. Not to be confused with Holly Rammer, which is definitely a porn name. Oh, is this? <laughs> that sounds like a porn name. <laughs> is that, or sorry, which um, news thing is this? This is off of 10 Boston at NBCBoston.com. Uh, byline, federal prosecutors push to make restitution part of Ian Freeman's sentence, sentence for operating unlicensed Bitcoin exchange. All that stuff is pretty fair, wouldn't you say? Like, you know, NH man, unlicensed Bitcoin exchange, you know, that kind of thing. That's I, I'd say that that's sort of what we're talking about here. Yeah, it's a decent summary. 
A federal judge on Monday heard from multiple women who said they were victimized by a New Hampshire man's unlicensed Bitcoin exchange business, but postponed a sentence hearing, sentencing hearing in the case to evaluate whether restitution is appropriate. Yeah. Three. Three women spoke. Yep. Um, it's multiple, more than one. Yeah. Multiple makes it seem like a little bit more. If you multiply. Than, yeah. If you multiply I mean, it is three multiple. by one, you get to you technically. Get three. Technically, it's true, but and language uh, is you know there you can do various things with language yep. and you know produce different feelings and effects. And I obviously know that they weren't victimized by Ian, but that sentence makes it sound like it like they were. But that is what they claimed. These ladies, um, they would have found anybody on localbitcoins.com to do this job. Absolutely. And let's let's make this clear: these ladies sought Ian out. They looked for him, not vice versa. He didn't go out looking for little old ladies who might need Bitcoin. He was on a site selling Bitcoin with dozens of other people, if not hundreds of other people, with really great feedback on that site because he did what people asked, which was sell them Bitcoin. He would ask them questions. He'd make sure that uh, he'd have them hold up their ID. You know, all these ladies held up their ID and did all kinds of things. I mean, if they wanted to go for anyone else like they would have had to they would they would have given them the money too because ian got um the bitcoin too because the other people who had bought from ian who were unhappy the less than one percent that were unhappy in his reviews were were complaining that he uh, did too much made them go jump through too many hoops like to prove who they were that they really wanted to buy bitcoin so if they would have went through any other local bitcoin sellers they definitely would have gotten their money sent uh, to them. Right. And they're that's, more li- likely of a chance to be helped through, via Ian than probably anyone else on local Bitcoins. And so that was very frustrating to sit through is listening to these ladies say things like Ian is a terrible, horrible person. Oh Without a soul. When I it was sat so here, terrible. Like I, I wanted to cry. I wanted to pull like I wanted to start screaming because it was just so it was just so frustrating. And like I know how I would feel if somebody was saying that to me. So like I couldn't imagine being in his position, having to listen to these ladies just oh, like Oh, you don't have to worry about Ian. He's just like, Oh, I forgive them. But I'm like I I'm so annoyed. sensitive. So like I'm like sitting there like, Oh my god. Like, you know, it just it really I mean, it hurt my feelings. Right. But, so you, you know, know. Uh, he gives them what they want. He gives them what they're willing to lie to get. And then he's got to go. Then he's got to pay them back for everything that they lost, according to the prosecution, not just the the amount that he made, but everything that they lost. And then he's got to go to prison for twenty years, is what the prosecution is asking for. And what really and what the old ladies are asking for. What what really bothers me about this is I sat here on multiple occasions and I listened to Ian myself with my ears in this studio and out on that front porch, and I heard him say. Well, do you have you ever met your husband? Um, you know, do you know what a romance scam is? You know, in many cases, if you haven't met the person and, you know, they're asking, they're they're telling you a lie. You know, like they'll he, he would say all kinds of stuff. He stopped multiple people from getting Bitcoin because they answered his questions with some level of veracity. These ladies slipped the net like so many did. And then somehow he's responsible for the lies they told him. Yep. That's what's frustrating to me is, is mm-hmm. that it's as if a person, a, 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 per, a woman turns 60 or 70 years old and suddenly everything that comes out of her mouth is the is the, the gospel truth. It isn't. Yeah. This I watched it happen. Like Maybe Ian put on a show for me while I was here. That's that's certainly possible. But I've known this guy for 20 years. I know what his relationship with the truth is. And it is impeccable. It's among the best I've ever met from a human being. And, you know, I, I've, I've sat on the opposite side of this microphone and argued with Ian for 20 years. That was my job. He is my adversary. And, you know, just to hear these people saying things that do not conform with my belief of how the world is working, very frustrating. The only really good things I can say about these women are that, one, they really were scammed, not by Ian. So I do feel bad for them, and that sucks and everything. It sucks. And the other thing I can say is it sucks that they have to relive trauma in the courtroom in front of everybody and talk about how, oh, I was turned on by these old men in front of a bunch of people. It's not something old ladies want to talk about. Um 
Because the prosecution wants to use them. Do yeah. you know what I and said? Speaking of those duplicitous snakes, by the way, they're going to use one clip of something that we've said in this 20, 25 minutes. Oh, absolutely. You know, like, you know, <laughs> 30 seconds of it. And uh, just want to say, screw you liars before we go on. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I was going to say is in the middle of the the sentencing, I turned to Matt and I literally said, you're my husband. I live with you. I know you in person. I would never send you $300,000. Maybe maybe I'd buy a house with you. You know, maybe I'd I'd invest in things with you. I would never, ever, ever buy $300,000 in Bitcoin, a million dollars in Bitcoin, whatever, and give it to you. So there's this guy, uh, Phil Cristiano, who is a special agent in the Boston office. And Ian and other free staters have gone after Phil. Phil sent... Um, multiple people into free stater events trying to buy guns and drugs and things like that. And, you know, Ian's kind of gone back after him, asked him some hard questions. And he stood there with a big smirk on his face, you know, thinking, I'm going to come after you later. And he did. And he's been successful. Congratulations, Phil. Ian also filmed him at Nobody, formerly Rich Paul's trial, lying like he provably was lying because there were two separate things that he said that contradicted each other and of course he doesn't get perjury because he's the fbi agent sure and uh, you know anybody could make a mistake but when you make a mistake regarding somebody's freedom that's a very serious thing and it needs to be brought up and people need to be held accountable you need to believe when you're sitting on the the bench and police officers do not believe this you need to believe when you're sitting on that bench that something bad could happen to you if you lie and Um, Anyway, going on with this, I also had a situation where a listener was attempt had made all kinds of terrible uh, threats against me and my family. Remember, I have a seven year old boy and um, that boy's grown up knowing that somebody was trying to kill him because he found me looking at a file while I was talking to police one time. He came into my Mm -hmm. office and um, the, the FBI office, I know it was the FBI office that stopped it. Now, I can't say it was Phil Christiana, but I know that they don't care about whether or not me me and my son are killed, and uh, but they do care very deeply about pinning uh, fallacious charges on Ian. But you know that Phil Christiana was the first like lead investigator in this, right? In Ian's Crypto Six thing, I don't think we said that. Yeah. Um, so it's not just like we're like, well, what if this was connected? No, it was connected. Yeah, we've got some connections to it. Anyway, let me go on here. Um, Prosecutors say that Ian Freeman, a libertarian activist and radio show host, created a uh, they'll never say free talk live. (laughs) (laughs) No, no newspaper will write the words free talk live or free talk live dot com created a business that catered to fraudsters who targeted elderly women with romance scams, serving as the final step in permanently separating the victims from their money. Now, let's point out that there were tellers at banks that allowed these women to send their money. Mm-hmm. No tellers are on trial here. Um, Target and Walmart sell money, uh, cr- little money credit card things where and these victim, not, scammers will use those. Maybe not these three victims specifically. I'm not saying that they didn't, but they possibly did. Um, there were multiple of the people that they brought in for the trial who were scammed that said, oh, I also did, like, before I ended up at Ian, I also was doing... Uh, money transmission at Walmart or like Target gift cards and stuff like that. Ladies and gentlemen, the IRS is not demanding Walmart gift cards from you. The IRS doesn't want Bitcoin from you. There is no company anywhere, no multinational company anywhere that is going to try to get anything from you that has to do with cryptocurrency. If you're giving out cryptocurrency, if you're giving out Walmart gift cards... You're not paying an IRS fine. No, you are being scammed. End of story. It has nothing to do with being old either because a girl one year older than me that I went to high school with who is not completely stupid, she two years ago, I found out from my sister, she lives in Texas, got scammed because she got called one day and they were like, this is the IRS. You uh, didn't pay this much money. So she went and bought $2,000 of Target gift cards. It, I just can't imagine. I couldn't even imagine her, that girl thinking that. But fear just took over. Yeah. She was like, oh, my God, I don't want to be in trouble. I'm like, uh, you know, don't have that much money, but I'll give her, give you the $2,000. So it's not worse. the IRS is not calling you on the phone. We have David from Arizona. What's on your mind? Yeah. Hi, uh, 
Bonnie, Nikki, and Mark. Um, yeah, my wife, uh, Karen, and I are planning to come out on Ian's next sex sentencing date, coming out from uh, September 28th to October 4th. So looking forward to seeing all you guys. We've never been to New England before. And oh, wow. Ian was mentioning to me it's a nice time of year with the leaves and all that. Sure is. That's not why we're coming. Really. But I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to break Mark's record for distance traveled to come out there, but <laughs> it, it, it's going to be fun to go out there. You and you know, this time, though. You'll beat me out because I'll be traveling in from uh, Florida. Florida at that time, so um, you'll you'll be a longer distance at that point. Either way, oh, okay. we really appreciate it. Any callers who come in, come in to just witness this stuff is great. It makes an impact on the judge, I believe, and um, it's just really heartbreaking heartwarming and, you know and maybe it's not appropriate to talk about strategy at this point and maybe the judge has his mind all made up i don't know but i wondered if uh the defense had considered like putting on an expert witness in you know in, like to talk about money laundering issues and about innocent third parties like i'd done a lot of investigations like that when i worked with the feds of returning uh vehicles and assets and money to innocent third parties like you know a, a rental car gets wrapped up in a drug deal and then they claim the vehicle back or, you know, like when somebody takes money into the post office and converts it to a postal money order because some drug dealer asked for that. They don't go after the, the uh, postal employee for converting cash into a money order or something like that. But it's just, it's just ludicrous to me that, uh, you know, somebody who's just you know, selling a product, you know, that they and they're not involved in a scam and they're definitely an innocent third party. And there are procedures in the federal government to investigate, to, you know, to sever off innocent third parties that get wrapped up in, you know, transactions involving illegal income. You know, like if one of my kids was kidnapped and then, you know, I, I paid ransom and then that money was used to buy something else, you know, and the, that other person didn't didn't know that it was, you know, uh, you know, related to illegal activity or a scam. There's, it's commonplace for third parties to be let off the hook and mm -hmm. to not be drug into these things. So to me, it's off, it's some sort of vendetta or something. Right. But, and and I think it probably wouldn't be appropriate to talk like this on the air about like well, strategy for those type of things. I'm interested because you've actually, you're not just thinking, you didn't just Google this. You have actual experience in law enforcement so i'm just wondering is it do you know is it something that could be done like just oh it's sentencing now we're going to bring in a witness well that's what the prosecution did oh no yeah. but an well, expert yeah. witness Typically, a lot of times these are brought in during a trial but also in the yeah. sentencing phase as well and what hmm. you do is there's a procedure to get a witness qualified as an expert witness it involves questions to say have you done these type of investigations before are you familiar with procedures involving uh say you know money laundering or or you know innocent third parties that are caught up in scams or illegal activity and then you know after you verify the person has that kind of expertise there's a motion made to declare them as an expert witness and then that person is allowed to testify basically their opinions and their prior experience that, that aren't necessarily directly related to the case at hand, but they they can testify as to their expertise mm -hmm. on these type of things. So, I mean, that kind of thing is done. And like you said, the prosecution does those type of things, you know, dragging people in that are, you know, unrelated to the case at hand. But yeah, I mean, that that is a common procedure in, in federal trials and in federal sentencing to designate somebody as an expert witness, and then they can speak from their experience uh, as far as like innocent third parties and, and those type of things. We also have Riley on the phone. Um, I was about to say Riley in Utah, but in New Hampshire. Yeah, Riley in New Hampshire. <laughs> That's right. I'm in New Hampshire now. So I wanted to give my two cents or whatever on Ian's trial. And I, and the witnesses, especially the the women who supposedly got hurt by Ian, it was just interesting to hear them read their statements, but they had no emotion. They didn't mm. express, they didn't emote the way I would expect someone who had been through everything they'd been through to emote. They didn't shed any tears. They, I mean, maybe they worked through all these things and were told, hey, you know, just read your statements, take some deep breaths, you're going to be fine. But still, I would have, I would have expected some emotion while they were reading their statements. They so, would have had some uh, tears or something. What does this say to you? Does are you wondering out loud? 
about maybe these were written for them or are you wondering out loud about um maybe these are not so truthful statements what what does it make you think riley so it makes me think that there there are a couple possibilities the first is they're entirely scripted these are people they just dragged in off the street and said here read these for us we want you to pretend to be these these people or the other possibility and this is the most likely one is these people have experienced this. However, they, the, the federal government, the feds want to make Ian look like a horrible person. So they're bringing these people in. They're, they're giving them, they're, they're talking about their scams or whatever. They're, prepa- they're preparing their written statements. They're being gro- groomed or prepared to testify in court. They're going over their statement a few times, maybe reading it a few times. And then they're like, oh, well, we got to add Ian Freeman in here because he's obviously a dangerous criminal. And so they had to add Ian Freeman as the fall guy to who who gave them Bitcoin, essentially, to continue the romance scam instead of, wait a minute. It's not Ian Freeman who's at fault here. It's the romance scammers. And I didn't hear anyone go after the romance scammers. I don't know of anybody who's going after these romance scammers. Oh, they're not. I don't um, know. The, the, I mean, the prosecution is powerless to find these people. <clears throat> and, and even the FBI agent whose job was to find these people <clears throat> admitted in trial that, oh, she's never caught one. Ian's address has been on the Internet for a decade. Finding Ian isn't that hard. <clears throat> and that's why they were able to do it. And um, this is the only person... That this, uh, that the the scam expert lady from the FBI said she has ever caught, and it isn't even a real scammer, right? I mean, so clearly like, she's not right. very good at her job, right? But- I like to liken it to this: a gun store sells uh, guns, and for whatever reason, criminals target this particular gun store. Maybe it's in the corner in a bad neighborhood. I don't know, but they target this particular gun store, and several people with go in and buy guns. They use the guns to do bad things. The fibbies can't do the, the the police can't do anything about the people who are using the guns because they disappear into the night and yep. they can't do anything. But they know where the gun store is because it's a bricks and mortar shop. So they go in, they arrest the uh, the owner, which this has been done in the past. Yep. And th- this is why I thought this case was going to get thrown out. This has been done in the past, and the gun store owner's off the hook. But the difference is. Ian didn't have a federal license. Ian refused to get the federal license. Now, he may have done everything that there was to do once you had a federal license, but he didn't yep. get the license. And that's what really means meaningful to these people because they're government bureaucrats. A license is when the government steals your rights away from you. And you have the right, ladies and gentlemen, to buy and sell Bitcoin. You were born with that right. It wasn't issued by the government. They didn't have any ability <laughs> to just create laws regarding who can buy and sell it, but they do do that because they have the ability to back it up with a gun. Right. A license is when the government steals your right away and then sells it back to you. Yep. And that's it. The thing, the thing I want to, the other thing I want to mention too is the last lady who zoomed into the conference, she really had it out for Ian. She said that oh, she yeah. wanted to make him suffer. And to me, over there was no, oh yeah, there's, there's no empathy in her voice for what Bonnie was going to go through. Yeah, of in, course not. In making Ian suffer. And they she really sounded like she was vindictive and angry toward Ian, when in reality she should have been more angry at the romance camera, not well, Ian. I think that, Ian didn't enable the scam. Yeah. I think that this is and, and you know, in all likelihood, I don't know which one which lady's which and um you know, Bonnie's better at this than I am. They all just kind of uh, blended one <clears> to the other to me. But in all likelihood, she told a series of lies in order to get Ian to sell her those coins in the first place. Um, now, you know, again, I don't know who's well, who. Well, they all did because he at the very least asked them, are you buying this for your, yourself and you want to make this purchase or are you buying this on your own volition if it's for a third party and he knew it was for a third party because he allowed some third party ones if they were good. Well, okay, he didn't allow them if they were in uh, third parties unless they were already good customers then he started letting them buy it. So yep. at one point he had to have asked them, did you want to buy this? You really want to buy this? You're investing in Bitcoin. It's not for some third party. And they said yes. So, yeah, they all lied. There you and go. that's what no one's pointing out is these people had to lie for the romance scammers in order for this transaction to go through, in order for you to be like, okay, I'll, I'll send, I'll give you the money, 
I'll give you the $300,000 worth of Bitcoin or whatever it was. That's the truth. And the, the other thing about uh, what you brought up was, yes, one woman zoomed in. And I don't think that that's right. I think that if you really want to be a witness in, uh, for a sentencing or a trial, you need to be able to get there physically. Sorry. Like, she got to zoom in and sit in a house. She also said, I have nothing now, thanks to Ian Freeman. And she was sitting in a nice house right. and zooming in <laughs> on an electronic. Statement. She was not a homeless woman. Yeah. I, I know free staters have more nothing than her. We have a story about a more local cop who messed up in arresting someone and probably isn't going to get in trouble for it. So a cop jailed her for two years on fake charges. Will she ever get justice? This is a story from Reason. St. Paul police officer Heather Weicker has thus far managed to get immunity for upending Hamadi Moham's, uh, Mohammed's life. So a, mus- a Minnesota woman has resuscitated her effort to sue a police officer who jailed her as a teenager for two years on false charges associated with a sham sex trafficking investigation that the FBI once billed as its largest human trafficking crackdown. Wow. Imagine. Case- imagine two years mm-hmm. of your life. As a teenager, a too. Yep. I mean, I'm assuming she was at least 18, but still like from 18 to 20. So important. I didn't know that the FBI was also involved in this one. I thought it was just some local cop. So the case is another example of the legal labyrinth victims are required to are required to navigate when attempting to get recourse after government infringes on their rights and once again raises the question, how inoculated should these government officials be from the civil suits for violating the Constitution? <laughs> Hamadi Mohammed's odyssey began over a decade ago when St. Paul police officer Heather Weicker had arrested her on witnessed tampering charges concerning a woman named Muna. I'm going to butcher her last name, so I'm not going to even try. Muna A, who allegedly attracted Mohammed and her friends at knife point. The perpetrator was crucial to Weicker's sex trafficking case, which at the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit conceded. So this isn't just false charges. It actually benefited this cop to put this woman in jail? It seems that way. So um, so the Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit conceded was plagued with problems from the start. Some of those problems included Weicker lying under oath, coercing witnesses, Editing police reports and making up evidence. Wow. So, yeah, this cop just wanted to be able to put someone behind bars. I don't know if it was an ego thing. It or- said that it, the process, I mean, sorry, the witness that she got accused of tampering with was like extremely important in Heather Weicker, the cops. The um, so the the person Case. that held the so. <laughs> This is getting very confusing. So the person that held Mohammed and her friends at knife point, that's who was very crucial to the case. Yeah, this is this Muna Abu Dula Dulakir. Oh, yeah. It's not a it's not an easy name. There's uh, there's (laughs) no, that's why I was like, I'm not even going to try. There's some headscarves involved in all this. Yes. The groundless charges against Mohammed were ultimately dropped, but not until she spent about two years in federal prison where those accused of federal crimes are typically held uh, pre-trial. So there wasn't even a trial yet. She was just held for two years pre-trial. That's so messed up. When Muhammad Sue Weicker sued, yep. sued was, was denied qualified immunity. The legal doctrine that makes it difficult to sue state and local government actors unless their alleged misconduct was clearly established in a prior court uh, precedent. Yet the Eighth Circuit in 2020 overturned that decision, citing Weicker's position on a federal ca- task force. Government employees. Wait, at- so. She might have gotten uh, actually been able to be sued, except that some court overthrown it, overthrew it because her position was too important. No, they they overthrew it because they had not previously like she there there was no established liar. Yeah. So you can't get convicted in the first lie. Yeah. You get one lie. (laughs) 
it seems to me that Elon Musk is being held to a higher standard for his own actions than the cops that are running around with guns and badges and doing whatever they want in the United States. And Elon Musk isn't a, you know, elected official or public official is what I meant. Public servant. Yeah. Neither is that woman. She's no one's servant. Well, maybe the FBI's. Um, so this is from CNBC. Elizabeth Warren calls for an investigation into Elon Musk and Starlink in Ukraine after biography claim. Uh, remember that these two have a long-running feud. Really? Yeah. Elizabeth I actually haven't Warren? heard about that either. Why do they I'm have a feud? I'm not surprised. Yeah, me either. Well, because um, <laughs> Musk doesn't put up with uh, um, Warren's crap. Mm. And... Um, you know, so she doesn't like that. She wants uh, people to, uh, you know, bow and scrape in front of her. Hmm. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not going to there's not going to be any repercussions on her for an invest for calling for an investigation. It sounds like a pretty clear if you've had a public scrap with someone, you and you're a public official, you probably shouldn't be allowed to call for a probe. That's pretty clear abuse of power. But anyways, I feel like they do that all the time, though. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to, but what, I'm sure they that do. that story we just covered a few weeks ago with the um the the media source that got raided by the cops because and they had you know previous beef the newspaper yeah 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 the newspaper he had they had beef with people in their town yeah from business and the cops com, uh, this is from 2021 Elon Musk and Elizabeth Warren have traded criticisms over taxing the ultra-wealthy. Here are some of the uh, most heated exchanges between the billionaire and the senator in a timeline. Hmm. So. so it's about taxing the wealthy. All right, well. Well, I mean, and Musk's a great example of somebody who has earned a lot of money, brought a lot of value to people's lives, um, also enjoyed a lot of government, uh, you know, largesse. Uh, basically, he... Uh, many of his his cars seem to be sort of set up so that he gets a huge huge thing from you know the tax gas emissions yeah. stuff. Yeah, I don't know how it all works. I but. don't either. Aria talked about it before, but I've never looked into it. But um, yeah, I I'd, I'd rather have a Nissan Leaf. Thanks. I just would rather not have an electric car. <laughs> but I think like a hybrid is kind of cool. But a fully electric car, they keep catching on fire. That's scary. Yeah, my ex-wife has a Prius that we bought new in 2012. Yeah. And that thing has uh, almost had no problems at all. Had one major mm-hmm. problem. Prius are to- Toyotas, right? Yeah, yeah Toyotas are great. They're just way better than Absolutely. something like a Tesla. I mean, I don't really I don't know, know much about Teslas. I, mean, I, I just can't know say anything about them. Yeah. Toyotas I, are so good. So, so what I don't like about, not to get on this tangent, but what I don't like about Tesla is you cannot fix the car yourself. You can't order parts from Tesla, they won't let you. You have to send it to the dealership or the uh, any authorized mechanic that is allowed to deal with Teslas. And of course, it's all electrical, all computers. Uh, a Prius. I mean, if if my car breaks down on the side of the road, I could fix it if I have if I have the knowledge and the tools. Yeah, so there's some aspects to Priuses that may, you may want to end up taking to the dealer, but. You, in many cases, can fix most of the problems on a Prius. You can also just take it to almost any old dealer. You have to take your Tesla to some specific dealer in town that don't has... They call, don't they call people in? I don't know how Teslas work, but I've heard that they like send in well, a mechanic. You, they have to be either that or it has to be a mechanic that is like gone approved. through the training and is, um yeah, like approved. They have like, I don't, it's not like a, maybe a certification or something like that, but they... They're specific people, and they they have to pay a lot of money to do it. So imagine what they're charging you yep. to change a tire or whatever. So your pool of people in your town that you can uh, call on to um, fix your car becomes much smaller when it's a Tesla. And uh, yeah, that's what freaks me out about it. I just like I'm not very loyal to American cars, and I'm not some kind of a car person. I just think Japan makes way nicer cars because yep. they don't. Uh, you know get what? Branding easy. matters. Agreed. If, um, you know, some 27-year-old gal in Keene, New Hampshire thinks that the best car is a Toyota, that's her business. Hmm. And Toyota's worked really hard to get that done. I personally am a Honda guy, but yeah, it's basically the same thing. Close enough. <laughs> yeah, I said just Japanese. Yep. Um, but anyways, the reason we got onto this was because we are talking about Elon Musk, who owns Tesla. And Senator Elizabeth Warren called for a probe Tuesday following a claim that Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk curbed a Ukrainian military operation aimed at Russia's Black Sea fleet 
last year by limiting access to SpaceX's Starlink satellite network. Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Musk said in an X thread on Thursday evening that the connectivity policy for that area was already active before the attack. Quote, the Starlink regions in question were not activated. SpaceX did not deactivate anything, unquote. Quote, both sides should agree to a truce. Every day that passes, more Ukrainian and Russian youth die to gain and lose small pieces of land with borders barely changing. Yes, this that's is, the definition of war. This is not worth their lives, Musk added. It, it, it absolutely isn't worth yeah. their... Oh, it's Musk that I'm agreeing with. I know, yeah. right? I, I hate to uh, agree with Musk, but I really agree to with me, him. There. To me, no, if somebody's right, like, you know, like people that are crazy or dumb, like uh, Alex Jones... I agree with Alex Jones a lot. I'm going to say that I like back him 100%. Yeah. No, because he's kind of a nutcase. Same thing with, you know, Elon Musk, kind of a nutcase. But in this case, he's right. There was, you know? a, there was a conflict during Trump's administration where the Iranians had sent some kind of crappy little boat at a U.S. Um, naval ship. And, you know, Trump had basically said, this is an act of war. And then he backed off of it. And he said later, you know, I thought about the families of those Iranian soldiers. Trump? Trump. Oh. Backed off um, of, of it. And he said, I thought about the families of those Iranians. Like, I, he could have pushed the b- button. Mm-hmm. And believe me, everybody in the military industrial complex and all the media would support him. You know, yeah. t- 50 cruise missiles flying into Iran and blowing up people's uh, houses and killing their kids and all that stuff. Yeah, that would have been fine. But he said, no, you know, it just didn't seem like it was worth it. Nobody was hurt on our side and everything was fine. Hmm. And that made me have some respect for Trump because that would be how I would look at this. Look, yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't just because I'm a Quaker doesn't mean that I would never employ the military under any circumstances. It just means that I'm going to take human life really, really, really seriously. And I felt like Trump took it more seriously than any president has Probably. since Carter. Yeah. And that is a very human reaction to it. Uh, and I think most politicians don't have any sort of human right. reaction hmm. based on and, what point. I've seen. And yeah. I don't want to like Trump. I don't. I just think he's the best president we've had since Carter. And I know it's a strange thing to say. Nobody on the radio is going to say those exact words. Trump's the best president we've had since Carter. I just I just feel less safe with Biden being president than when Trump was president. That doesn't mean much. That doesn't mean that I think that I feel really safe because Trump was president. I just think it's weird that everybody is fine with we have a president now that's extremely hostile to people that could kill us instead of trying to make good relations. That's the one thing that I ever think positively about trump and uh it's relevant in the ukraine war because i don't know i just think that it wouldn't be as bad as it is today if trump was president because he's actually trying to be friends with uh putin and then the media tried to slam him as if that was a terrible thing right sure well russia's terrible yeah Ukraine- the media would be happy as hell if the united states sent its military in instead of fighting this ukraine war where they're going to fight to the last ukrainian mm, yeah so sad Ukraine received Starlink terminals in the early days of the invasion. The country's digital minister, Myhaliko, so same name, but Fedorov, asked Musk for the capability and shared a post on social media when the units arrived in Ukraine. Oh, yeah, I remember that he gave some to Ukraine. In Ukraine, Starlink and its global network of more than 40 or sorry, 4,000 satellites have worked as the connective tissue for crucial battlefield communications. According to Isaacson's book, the South African-born billionaire asked, How am I in this war? Starlink was not meant to be involved in wars. It was so people can watch 
uh, Netflix and chill and get their online uh, and get online for school and yeah. do good, peaceful things. I love that. Not drone strikes, Musk said. KT in Tennessee wants to talk about this whole situation. KT, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, no, I was listening to your show. I listen a lot uh, when I'm driving home from work at night. And uh, most of the time, I agree with you guys. And tonight, I just had to call and say I disagreed. All right. Well, uh, respect. What, what, do you, what do you disagree on? Well, uh, you know, I think first off, when you put Putin and Ukraine sort of in neutral, equal terms, like they should kiss and make up, I feel like that's really taken away from what Ukraine has done because you got to remember, Ukraine didn't ask for any of this. It's 100% Russia invaded Ukraine. Well, don't you think that when Uh, Ukraine was bombing Russians in the Donbass region that to some extent they thought that maybe Russia would come in and that they were just playing the West off the East? I mean, you know, we're all taught as kids that violence is not the best answer, but we're also taught that if somebody attacks you, you have to stand up for yourself. Sure. And, you know, if if, if I remember right, I think Russia invaded Ukraine first. Well, uh, actually, what we and, had, you know, um, and, there were Ukrainian, what are, what are, the UN considers Ukrainian citizens, but those same people, those citizens, consider themselves to be ethnic Russians, saying we don't want to be ruled by Kiev, or Kiev, depending on which side uh, you take in this, and they were getting progressively and progressively less uh, governable and the, you know just like they would in the u.s if you're ungovernable they'll come in and blow your ass up um, that's what was going on and they didn't want to be a part of like well, the all the signs point to that the people in the donbass region made uh majority of them didn't want to be run or ruled by kiev they wanted to be ruled by russia which uh whatever you think about that i think that they should have the right to self-determination and ukraine said no and instead of just letting some small group of people go they decided to put themselves at risk of getting invaded by russia and i'm not saying that that means russia didn't do anything wrong i'm just saying that can't we see them both for having done a little bit of something wrong and maybe peace would be the answer well i don't think you can blame ukraine for something that's going on in a section of their country i can blame them for bombing those people yeah the Uh, ukrainian military attacks them but i mean Vladimir Zelensky, if he's in charge of the country, his intent and ruling was not to start a conflict with Russia. Well, the, the, I mean, the, the and, conflict's and that, been going on yeah. for longer than Zelensky. Zelensky's yeah. the new guy yeah. on the uh, the, the table. Yeah. He's really good at raising money and, and all that stuff. And, and, and again, I'm not here to say Ukraine bad. I'm here to say Ukraine government And government does government things. Russia will do government things, too. And Russia did all kinds of government things in the past. And I'm not saying they should kiss and make up. I don't know what the solution to this is. But I know that the United States has been drug into yet another proxy war. And I, I don't know if you're keeping tabs. But so far, I've got the United States at about zero and 12 since World War II. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. We have a. We have a habit of sticking our finger where it doesn't belong for sure. And this is, you know, maybe this is a classic example of that. I think it's definitely a U.S. flexing our muscles and NATO, you know, backing us up in a sense. And, and you know, I'm not a politician. I'm not a military general. I can't say for certain exactly who's to blame because, A, I'm not there, and, B, I don't study this stuff. I got a job, you know. <laughs> sure, same uh, here. Right, but, that's why we just shouldn't be yeah, involved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think it's easy to look at what Ukraine's doing to Russia, attacking them back. Maybe there's a history there that I'm completely forgetting about or overlooking. You know, I I know there was a lot of conflict there in the first place, but I think Vladimir Putin made it real clear that he was the aggressor. And when they invaded over a year ago, when they brought tanks and everything, and and maybe it was into that region, I'm not real well versed on like. I grew up an American too, and I know who the bad guys are in the world, right? And Russia, the USSR, is at the top of that list. I hid under my chair on my desk in school, and I've had all the brainwashing too. It's just that when I read the news and I see 
Ukraine throwing journalists in prison, when I see Ukraine throwing politicians whom they don't agree with in prison, and using oh, just yeah. Oh, yeah. all oh, the yeah. old tactics. Telling like, citizens they can't oh, speak yeah. Russian when Russian has been their native tongue this their entire lives. That's pretty disgusting. And I think if you, yeah, you could probably find a lot of that behavior in U.S. history long ago. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't like uh, them back when our country was in a developing state, you know, we were, we, we've gone through our fair share of, of bad periods. But, you know, we I, do it now. I just wanted to, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, the United States it does out. it now, not me. We also have Jet on the phone, usually somewhere in the Western United States. Jet, what's on your mind? <laughs> Yeah, well, I was listening to that TV tube thing, and, and uh, I found out that we are losing our freedoms more and more every day. That's what they said. Hmm, who said that? <laughs> I can't remember what program it was, but I thought it was kind of humorous knowing what we know. But my question for you guys is, did you know who is taking away those freedoms? The well, government? Um, the, uh, the people that call themselves the government in many cases, but in a lot of cases, it's people who like, it's always people, right? Like there you go. That is the answer. That is the key to setting everyone free from their oppressors is to somehow acknowledge that these are just other people, just other humans who have no more right than anyone else. And they have, um, they, I don't know. I don't get how people can look at them and not, see that these are just other people. When I when I look at them and talk to them, I talk to them as though they're just another person I met on the street. Um, I think of them that way. A lot of times I they don't like that. that I, um, if you know a cop's first name, if you know a judge's first name, and you call them yeah. Karen, you call them uh, Jason, yeah, they will like get mad at you. So a yeah. lot of the times. Oh, that's that's horrible. These awful because they people. act like they're I just. Wonder, they can call you Jet. They can call you Mark. But it's dis- disrespectful if you do the same thing back to them. They think. Yeah, it is. It is kind of humorous the whole idea, but um, it's not going to stop me from, you know, doing that or telling them, you know, or just speaking to them as someone else, you know, that I have never met before. But that's what I wanted to just pass along that there is no. Government doesn't exist. Only people exist. And so, so Mark wins the prize. Um, whatever that is, I'll think of something. <laughs> Tell me where to mail it. I'm just happy to get your call, Jet. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I wanted to emphasize, that when you start thinking of these people, speaking of them, responding to them as just other humans, that is the key to escaping your oppressors. Because more and more when people do that, they will... They will Join together, just like the folks down in um, New Mexico, and say, uh, "I don't think so. I I don't think that you get. I mean, she forgot to put on her crown when she came out and decreed. That yeah, was dec- one of her major." major the governor mistakes. in uh, New Mexico decreed that the people in the county where Albuquerque is don't get to open carry. They don't have the right to open carry for like a few weeks or whatever because uh, or, she said so. Uh, yeah, they think there was a or, shooting. Or that field. was the excuse she used. Yep. There were three shootings in like two weeks. And we're going back to Tom from New Hampshire. Tom, you were talking about Ian's sentencing hearing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I got into the building, by the way. I had to show my ID, so I produced my cedula from the Dominican Republic. I'm a dual citizen, and that's uh, the national ID card you get from the Dominican Republic. And uh, so I flashed that, and I got through. Okay. Uh, I've also used it voting. Uh, you got your ID? Oh, sure. I got th- this ID, and th- they let me through. Uh, that's good. But uh, what's going on with the uh, victim statements, these ladies that got ripped off, they got romance out of their money, the scammer tells them to send uh, Bitcoin, and so they go out and buy the Bitcoin from Ian and then transfer it to the scammer. Now, uh, there isn't even any pro- uh, the prosecution doesn't even know the true identities of these scammers, by the way. Never, uh, how never do will. they know that there was any criminal action? Uh, how do they know that these guys weren't actually in love with these ladies and then suddenly ran into a difficulty and suddenly needed a lot of money? Well, they that don't is know. such an interesting uh, way to look at it that I hadn't thought of yet. If they know that they don't know the scammer, how do we know that they weren't actually just in love with these ladies and then uh, died and weren't able to pay them back after they gave them money? I mean, it seems like it was the same name. 
that at least two of the ladies got. Yeah, but still. And then, I mean, like, technically... You can have two women. Yeah, I mean, like, technically, like, that is a that's possibility. That's not beyond the preponderance of the evidence, though. I mean, I'm oh, sorry, that's what, not what? beyond a shadow of a doubt. It seems unlikely, based on the report, that that woman said... Um, she said that, like, after she was like, I'm not sending you any more money, he got really, like, mean with her and was like, I know where you live and I'm watching you or whatever. But it seems um, unlikely isn't the, isn't the burden of proof that they have. Seems unlikely yeah, I mean, isn't, um, like, wh- beyond a shadow of a doubt. It's not impossible, yes. Well, Ian wasn't no, convicted no. for being a scammer. It's just that under these in the sentencing thing people could just say anything they want you know even ian was giving an example last night of uh you know cops will say that you know they caught somebody with a bag of weed or whatever but you know in my experience people like this are selling this amount of weed every week hmm. and he's probably been doing it for three years so you, you know this person's up. guilty of bales and bales of this devil's lettuce yep well, is that now, all what, you had, Tom? Uh, no, there's also uh, the issue that uh, they uh, they uh, didn't even uh, prove, by the way, that the, the, the scam took place. But the, uh, the, uh, what really is going on is, is a problem that would have still been a problem uh, had the scammers not come along, and that is that you've got people who are starving. They're so starving that they'll take poison bait or they'll have no bait at all. Uh, you know, how about, and, and, you know, some of these ladies, they knew, they probably knew that they were being scammed, but like the little boy in Neil Diamond's song, uh, who, who didn't have any friends, so uh, he indulged in fantasizing that he had a friend named Shiloh, uh, that, that uh, you know, they're going along with it because they can indulge uh, Patrick Henry even uh, discussed this in his live free or his liberty or death speech. How, you know, people, you're uh, indulging in the fantasy that we can have peace when the British are clearly, look at all the, the points that the British are clearly intent on going to war with us. I mean, there is no hope for peace. So get that out of your minds. He, uh, he may have uh, made change, uh, change history the way he did that. Look, yeah. Uh, but they chose to do that. They, um, some of them, I don't know, maybe uh, rejected a few guys who couldn't afford her uh, along the way, and then went for this guy because he supposedly had money and he didn't. And uh, so, and then giving all their money to somebody that they didn't even meet yet, uh, it's they're indulging in the fantasy, like people who give all their money to the state lottery, thinking they're going to hit Powerball, and then they lose everything. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.